0: This week's guest is none other than Michael Italiano, performance coach to McLaren Formula One driver Daniel Ricciardo. As a Formula One driver, you live on an emotional roller coaster. You are an athlete, you need to be physically fit, but on top of that, you need to be mentally fit. You need to have a winner mentality. And Michael shares how to get a winner mentality, what it takes to have a winner mentality. He took the leap to change his career from civil engineering to pursue his passion in the health and fitness industry. He developed entrepreneurial traits and now has a global fitness platform. In this week's episode, we talk about fear. We talk about how to overcome fear and what are the lessons and experiences that Michael had as a Formula One performance coach. So without further ado, my name is Kevin Fernandez. Welcome to Muse. How did you get into the whole performance? coaching and first of all i think that your journey started off as a personal trainer how did you get into personal training and then evolved well moved on into performance coaching
1: yeah well to be honest when i when i left school i actually started doing civil and structural engineering so i was uh i I did that for seven years and uh, i was just getting so bored of the nine to five in the office sitting down Uh, I just I just lost a bit of focus I lost I lost the passion and love for that job so I decided to take um, a big big gamble and step towards um, my passion and I was lucky enough that at that point in time I think I was around 24 25 at the time you know I I had a passion and I knew what my passion was a lot of people that still don't know if you know what their passion is so I was fortunate enough to to have a clear passion in my life. And that was health and fitness. I was always playing competitive sport. Um, I still love competing no matter, no matter what it is. Uh, I, I feel like I'm in the car sometimes when Daniel was racing, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, that competitive. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I just took the switch. You know, there, there were a couple things that, that influenced that, you know, I was, I was reading a, a few books at the time, which, which um, inspired me to, to make a change. Um, I was also transitioning from you know a, a young adult to you know maturing and, and as you mature through life, you start to understand what you want in life and and you start to understand a little bit more about yourself and, and yeah, you start focusing on what 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 actually will make you happy. So that, that was a very clear, clear um, choice for me, Kevin, to to move into health and fitness. It just felt mm-hmm. right um, you know it was a lot of hard work uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't easy like just changing over jobs it was it was super hard you know I'm going from a uh, a good salary and a nine to five safe job uh, to I mean I'm in a gym uh, I have zero clients I have zero income um, you know I had a I had a uh, I think I had a house debt house debt at the time so like you know there, there was some there's some big pressures um making that transition and and that was a, a big, big uh fear factor that I just I had to stumble over. So uh that's how I got into personal training and then how I got into I guess training professional athletes, that kind of just grew with time. So I was I was very, very busy in my in my hometown, Perth, Western Australia. And I was training a lot of athletes um and corporates and and you know the average Joe and D- daniel approached me quite randomly to become his performance coach and so that's been nearly four years since i think we're into our fourth year now me and daniel together and since working with daniel that has um that has opened up other opportunities and, and other avenues to work with other professional athletes which has been very exciting
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, it sounds amazing there is one question that I have because I'm in currently in exactly the same position as you were once were, which is switching from a stable job into trying to pursue his own passion, which for me is what we are doing currently. And Amazing. how did you? Uh, thank you. And h- how did you deal with that? Um, that pressure that while well, you don't have a salary right now, and how did you deal like with getting up, getting new clients, and like essentially switching your mentality from security to completely insecurity but still driving towards following your passion
1: yeah the, the one word that kind of just screams in my head when you talk about that is hustle you know like if if you want something to work so bad you will hustle to to, to do whatever it takes to make it work and that's pretty much that's pretty much what i used and i i used I used the feeling, I used the fuel of my current feeling in my old job as my motivator. So what I mean by that is, you know, before I made the switch, there were so many times where I'm sitting in that office and I just wasn't happy. I was just bored. I just I just knew this just wasn't satisfying for me. So I kind of grabbed that moment and I grabbed that feeling and I used that as fuel. So every time I was in the gym and I was scared and I was like doubting myself, you know. Oh wow, maybe I should just go back and do what I did. I kept reframing my mind back to that state of sitting in that chair when I was unhappy, and and that kind of just, you know, reinforced what I what I was doing. And that was my and that was my motivator, just to keep going. And like I said, man, you just you got to hustle, work hard, you know. F- find find things that work because everything good in life isn't easy, and simple as that
0: man i pre- appreciate that i'll definitely take that as advice because uh it 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 isn't easy and uh but it is worthwhile i mean like when you are fulfilling your passion it feels it is a completely different feeling when you are working because it does not feel like work even hustling it it has a different kind of mentality nowadays uh people say it is hard work but people who are hus- who are hustling don't necessarily feel that it is work in a way, if you mean, if you know what I mean,
1: that's correct. It's a choice. No one's, no one's forcing you to work that hard. It's, it's a choice. You know, like I was my own boss. You know, so no one was telling me to work that hard, but I wanted to because I was, I was seeking a passion. Right, I was trying to, I was trying to make a passion work. Yeah, to- mm-hmm. I totally understand.
0: You, you, you are not only uh, a performance coach, but you are also a. I want to call you serial entrepreneur as you have your own online coaching business as well. So my question is, did you always have this entrepreneurial mindset as you were growing up, but you didn't see it as an entrepreneurial attribute?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that question. And to be honest, growing up, I always had big ambitions in my head. I always I always thought that I had a lot of potential that i that i always strives to try and meet and i think that's a very common thing in a lot of people's like the fear of not meeting their potential in their head right so i i i would always think big but i probably never acted um on those on those on those ideas so i would probably say being critical on myself i probably um growing up wasn't naturally uh um like-minded like an entrepreneur as entrepreneurs would be and I probably didn't have mm-hmm. the entrepreneur mindset at the time. Um, I think that's something that I've grown into, um, especially with the job I have, starting to see see a lot of the world, see see the opportunities, and actually understanding that we only get one shot at this. So it's about time. so you might as well try and make your mark and and do what you love. And you know, I I think the reason why I've now adopted this entrepreneur mindset. Is based on my original transition from from going from my office job to a personal trainer because there's that massive fear barrier, right? You're scared. Mm-hmm. You don't. You, you're you're so afraid of failing, right? That's just why people don't want to change, right? But as soon as you overcome that and you realize that that's just that's just that's just something that's in your head. It's not actually like you, you can't fail. There's the fear is that you're building up that fear. The fear isn't isn't actually there. So. Once you actually get past that, you then realise and go, "Oh wow, it's like it's actually not that bad." Life life can be really exciting if you just you know want to do things, and I think that's what has then progressed my mindset to to I guess as you could say a, a, an entrepreneur mindset. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, that's that that's great. When, when talking about Formula One, every a lot of people emphasise about the physical aspect and the physical component of the sport. And I feel like you are someone that advocates a lot about the mental aspect of the sport as well. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like these drivers, they need to have a certain mindset. And uh, you are one of the persons that actually helps them have that, especially to Daniel, um, have a certain mindset for the race. And I was wondering, what are the things or what are some things that you guys do before a race to get your mindset straight, um, to to achieve whatever you, you set out to achieve?
1: Yeah, so there are obviously things we do within our uh, our racing room that we keep confidential because, as people may not know in Formula 1, you're always trying to gain that extra 1% or 2%, right? Because that 1% or 2% could be, you know, a difference between one-tenth per lap, and that is a big difference in a race, you know, if you're going around 60 times. So um, mo- most of it is is internally confidential, but... Um, I, I can, I can share some stuff with the viewers and, and still be vague about it. But, um, for instance, the, there's a particular time during the weekend. Um, so come qualifying, for example, Kevin, um, we like to have, I like to have Daniel in a more of a relaxed and calming state because qualifying is a lot different to a race, right? Qualifying, you're just trying to produce the perfect lap, right? So, so keeping Daniel relaxed. So we do a lot of breathing exercises. Okay. So doing a lot of breathing exercises to, to keep him calm um, and keep him keep him present and and just making sure that he's he's in a very calm state. Um, so that's something that we do as well. Um, one thing I also like that we do is this is before race weekend, so usually like the Wednesday before the, the 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 race on Sunday, we will usually sit down and talk about anything that is worrying him, that is on his mind, that he that's frustrating him. And we kind of use that as more of like a, a venting session where he can just get everything that's in here, in his mind, out, out, talk about it. We both, we both talk about it. And then it's kind of like, okay, cool. We've now spoken about that. We've now, we've now attended that. Now we've pushed that to the side, right? And now I'm going to get you to bring in, bring in that racing mindset because in the next three days is all about racing. And that, that just, I guess, clear it, it just it just gets rid of the clutter right it gets rid of the clutter that's in your head and because you know the, these guys are ultimately they're they're paid to drive like that's that's what they that's what their job is so um that's what their focus has to be on for those next three days so that's something that we, they're two main things that we do from a, like a, a a mental aspect and then come race day it's more of a a fired up g up approach of really getting him in that competitive mindset and. uh yeah, but you got to be careful because you don't want to, especially in, in Formula One, you don't want to uh, get them too hyped up because that, that mm-hmm. can actually hinder their performance. Yeah, you don't want them too G'd up because it's not like they're they're jumping in a cage to fight someone. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's motor racing. So, you know, there has to be, you have to control that level of intensity of where you want them at before they jump into the car. Yeah, because I mean, if they're too hyped up, They could be real jittery, and if you're jittery, it's you're not going to drive very fluently, are you? So,
0: yeah, exactly, and especially keeping that. And how how do you? Well, I guess that's also confidential, but I'll I'll just give my shot. How do you guys? How is? How do you keep that drive over the course of a track? Or is it more like a feeling that once they are in the car seat that nothing can stop them because that's one of the things as like you and me, we are doing our passion. That's for them, their passion that drives them and keeps them and to just want to have this competitive mindset.
1: Yeah. I mean, Formula One itself is, is a self-motivation right there. Like these guys are competitors, you know, their job is to compete and they love competing. So there's already a heavy, heavy self-motivating factor right there. You know, as soon as they jump in the car, that's them switching on going, okay, it's race day. You know, these guys have raced their whole lives. That's what they love doing. And that's what they're good at. So that, that's, that, that there is, is something that as a coach, you probably don't really need to coach much. You know, like if, if, if your athlete lacks motivation or or lacks competitiveness, they're probably, they're probably not going to be in the sport, are they? So. Exactly. um, There's only 20 seats. Exactly. There's only 20 seats. So, you know, there's a high barrier of entry right there. So, there's that and there's also obviously our preparation. So our preparation, preparing for a race, it's you know, we usually start an hour before the race and we have a specific um, specific preparation timeline. And that in itself doesn't change. We have a match day preparation that we do. So every time we finish that, Daniel knows in his mind he's now prepared. So that is another, that's also another little mental win there, knowing that, okay, I've done my preparation um we've prepared all week i've just done my my match day preparation already then it's it's almost like an anchor and a cue to switch on now like okay i'm prepared now it's time to to get to get in the zone
0: exactly um you are part of the well you are performance coach of one of the 20 individuals in, in in the support and um these 20 individuals i i each and every one of them is successful just by being one of the 20 individuals. So uh, this is a sneaky question and um, it is just, have you figured out what it makes them so successful?
1: I guess I can only comment on that based on my experience with Daniel. Um, Obviously, I I don't know the other drivers um, at all. You know, like there might be a a wave here and there to to some of the drivers that that I've either been part of their team. But, um, so to answer that question, Kevin, I, I could only really comment on my experience with Daniel and yeah, Daniel has some very, very, I guess you could call them outstanding traits as, as an athlete. Um, I think his strength is definitely his mentality, um, his mental strength, his resilience, uh, and his ability to stay calm in high pressured situations. And, in motorsport, you're going to be under a lot of high pressured situations, and uh, I honestly, I haven't met a, I haven't met an athlete to date that that has a, a better, a better state than him when it comes to be staying calm in a high pressured environment.
0: That's amazing. I, I do. Do you know the secrets to being so calm? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that would be. Uh, uh, secrets probably not but i would i would say that would that would depend on the person the the individual you know what i mean like that 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 is very dependent on the individual um you know th- there are some cues that that could that could help um universally but i also think i think individually um it, it would it would make a difference
0: and In- like I, I know that Daniel is the your main focus, and um, but mm-hmm. you still have other clients, and you also have like your online um, business. And I was wondering, how how is it to um, manage different characters and different mindsets? You now say that Ma- Daniel has a very specific and it has d- specific attributes uh, towards his character and uh, resilience and uh, towards being a great athlete. How do you manage? Um, too man. how do you manage managing different
1: athletes yeah I, I i love it i love it like i i think it's great I, I love managing different characters and getting to know your clients on a deeper level and, and helping them and i think that's part of coaching right you know you don't want to get you don't want to be too one-dimensional um which you Technically, which you can be as a form of the one coach because you're dealing with one client for, for you know, ten months of the year. Um, so I I kind of see that as a strength when you, you when you have other clients because you're you're always learning. You're forever learning as a coach. You're always learning, no matter w- whether it's from experience, from from clients or from from reading books. So you know, I always say you're always you're always learning, and so being able to have those other clients makes me a better coach. And I might pick up on some some things from another client that I'm like, oh, you know what? That might be relevant to Daniel. And it's probably something I wouldn't have thought of unless I actually had this experience with this particular athlete. So, um, which is why I I love doing what I do and being able to coach um, these particular athletes.
0: Yeah, it's diversity in the end will allow you to become better understanding of other people, but also for... Well, also things that Daniel will, uh, that you do with Daniel will probably go into other, other athletes. Uh, how how, Definitely. how different is it to coach Daniel now, in, in terms of um, not as a performance coach, but as a personal trainer, Daniel versus an average person like me, for example, sitting on, on a desk?
1: Yeah. Good question. To be honest, the, the process doesn't change. The process doesn't change. Yeah. It's, you know, obviously there's, there's some, the the detail, the detail is a a bit finer when it comes to a professional athlete, you know, and it's, it's a lot more structured and it's a lot more full on and you get to stick to it, to a particular, particular process. But, um, the, the process doesn't change much, you know, I'm, I'm still, yeah, I'm still programming um you know tailored tailored strength and conditioning programs i'm still i'm still doing their nu- nutrition plan and you know the accountability is still there um you know I, I guess the only the only benefit that daniel gets is having me one-on-one all the time so actually having me <laughs> having me in the flesh <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah well but 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 that's that's one of the big part of of of, of your guys's success as well i uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is how much does your friendship uh, play a role in your relationship as a coach, but also like in the overall state of mind of Daniel?
1: Yeah, big time, Um, especially especially being in Formula One, uh, the client and coach, you're with each other a lot. You know, the season starts in March and it ends in December. So you're with each other a lot. So, yes, there has to be a, a fundamental coaching relationship and, and there has to be trust and respect there but you also have to have you have to get along because if you don't get along the relationship's not going to last and so i would say that is definitely a strength of me and daniel's relationship is that we are friends and you know me knowing when to put my coaching hat on and when i put my friend hat on you know like like i, I, t- I talked i spoke to you about you know the wednesdays where we vent and get things off our chest. You know, that's, that's when, when the friend hat comes on and, and you become a sounding board. And that's when you, you, know, you start to under, under, understand your client on a deeper level. And that's only going to help you as a coach. Hmm. How, how, how much
0: different is it from the perspective of a personal, coach, personal trainer and a performance coach? What, what is the main
1: difference yeah. between the two? I mean, it's a good question because I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing myself back when I was a personal trainer and there is still um, a big, big part of emotional support. You know, I, I'll, I, I was always there um, for all my clients for emotional support and I built a friendship with all of them, really. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, in a way you could probably say I'll, – I'll, a performance coach is, is quite a vague word and it's probably something I was already doing at classified as a personal trainer, you know, like there's there's nothing but besides besides the level of detail and mm-hmm. the amount of time that I'm with Daniel, from a service point of view, there's probably nothing I really did that I'm really doing with Daniel that I didn't do for my other clients, to okay. be honest. So, no, so that's that's a good question. Enough.
0: That's fair enough. Getting back getting getting back to the mindset. When we talk about um, us humans in in general, we like to uh, have certain restraints in our heads. Um, You took the leap to go into um, personal training. I took the leap into podcasting. And I was wondering, what do you think is the number one restraint that we put into ourselves in order to not achieve our highest potential and how could we overcome that one thing that is hindering us to actually achieve whatever we want to achieve what is the one thing that hinders us to achieve um what we want to achieve or what we wish to achieve and how we could overcome it
1: i think again it's i'm i'm generalizing here but i think it's it could be very different for 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 a whole lot of people but generally what i what I see across the board it's our comfort zone comfort and zone I th- yeah yeah and i i think there's there's people out there that are too scared to go outside their comfort zone um you know you 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 have such a such a normal routine where you know you wake up you go to work, you have the same same particular friends that you hang out with every weekend, you know mm-hmm. you have the the same the same places where you go to eat um And you just become so accustomed to this routine and this comfort zone that you have within your life, um, that all of a sudden, you know, traveling to to a random country or going out and meeting random friends all of a sudden becomes, it, it, it doesn't feel natural and it, and it, and it can really challenge you as a person. And I think, I think you really gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta want it enough. Simple as that, you know, like I, I say this because it was something that I struggled with um, back when I was, you know, twenty-five, making the move. I, I was in this comfort zone of just waking up, going to work, going to the gym, and then hanging out with the same same friends every weekend. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I was just I realized like I was kind of just going in a bit of a, a vicious cycle, and my life wasn't actually progressing to where in my head it was it was supposed to go. So. I did some crazy stuff like uh, I went on like a six week uh, six week holiday to Europe and America by myself, um, and That's just, great. I was like, you know what, yeah, and and I, you know what, I'll be honest, the first three weeks I hated it. I hated it <laughs> because because I had no friends. I had to go meet people, and meeting people to me was putting myself outside my comfort zone, and I felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable going to these these hostels and. Meeting like-minded people sounds so silly, right? But again, it's it's the it's the image that I painted in my head, right? Because I'm not familiar with this, so um, I hated the first three weeks, and then the last three weeks were awesome. You know, you, you fi- I finally broke that mold, and realized that it's it, the 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 life, life isn't as scary as what you kind of like you know set it out to be. And exactly. Yeah. So I, I think um, I think you really got to want it and. And if you really want it do do these things to push you outside your comfort zone because yes okay it might it might not feel right at the start, but I promise you if you if you push through and you get through to the other side, you won't regret it you'll just you'll just keep doing more amazing things
0: that that's amazing i I completely agree with you it's in the end in in the end it's it's we we are we are our own barrier, and uh just the fact of doing whatever we want to do, even though we are scared to do it. The experience will never feel as scary as the thing that we put ourselves in our mind. It's scary to be in the end. It's 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 not never it's never us. It's always the experience that will determine how we will feel. And I I completely agree. I mean, that's an amazing experience. I I love it. I've done a few a few solo trips myself and uh it is always uncomfortable at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can completely relate. Uh, my my solo trips were always less than like around two weeks two weeks long but um, it's it's I I feel exactly the same as you like the first few days it's always like okay the first time I came into a hostel oh my goodness I was like okay now I gotta sleep (laughs) next to other people and I have no idea and uh, then you are like you you are around like in the hostel you always have these common spaces and then somehow like you are reading a book or you're doing something and Other people come up to you, or you go up to them, and then it's a friendly environment. No one wants to kill you or whatever. Uh, You realize that life isn't as scary as as it is as you think it to be, and
1: uh, yeah, I completely relate. I totally agree. That's cool, man. That's uh, yeah. It's 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 it's, it sounds like we had similar experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: In in a lot of senses, right now. (laughs) Um. Uh. In, in, there is one particular question, which I, I, I watched the Netflix documentary. Obviously, everyone has watched it. Uh, and for all the people who don't know anything about Formula One, I mean, it's, it's an amazing documentary. Uh, is it a documentary? A series? Yes, in, in a sense. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is one particular scenario that I I'm, I'm was wondering about. So Formula One mm-hmm. is a big team. Uh, there is one driver who is representing that team on the track, and how do you guy how do you deal with the fact that the driver is good, but then the car fails to meet the driver's expectations, and also the other way yeah. around, because yeah. I feel like there is so much potential, and then it it feels just like uh, for myself when I when I watched it, I was I was like, no, you can't do that. I mean, like the race looks it's great why why and obviously there is a big team around it there is a bit there, the big a lot of um, factors to it but how do you guys deal with that particular kind of setback
1: or failure yeah it's it's that's the whole part of uh, the mental coaching that we spoke about earlier Kevin where you know this sport is is an emotional roller coaster for, for that exact reason because there are so many parameters that are out of your control that can hinder your performance you know like it's not like a footballer where if if you play bad that's on you man like you you know like if 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 you lose that's that's on the team but you know in in this sport you have to realize it is a team sport in a way it's not an individual sport everyone just sees the drivers out on the track but it's not because all of a sudden they get an engine failure or you know they're a a gearbox failure or, or, or a tire puncture and all of a sudden it's like well Your race is over, and as an athlete, you've literally done nothing wrong, you know. So, um, it can be very, very frustrating. Um, and it can really take, it can really wind you, man. It can really wind you. You know, you travel, especially some of the international races where you travel so far. You're, you know, you're battling jet lag. You got a whole week, and then come come race day, your lap could, your your race could be over in the first first lap. You know, you you could you could have a crash, and then all of a sudden it's like you've got a 12 hour flight back home just to think about that one moment so that's yeah so how we deal with it i i guess it's called you just got to move on right so i have a rule kevin where we we analyze and we reflect for 24 hours of on the race good or bad and mm-hmm. after that it's full focus and full concentration on the next race and that's for me that's the only way around this this crazy calendar and this this crazy sport is You just can't dwell on you know what could have been or what if you know it's like no no okay your car failed yes i get it you had a great race but you missed out on a podium because of the car but that, Mm -hmm. you know what it what comes around what comes around goes around you know so so that's that's kind of where you kind of got to you, you kind of got to have with with formula one and i've had plenty of those moments um with daniel unfortunately
0: yeah i i know uh, is it the same with successes?
1: No, how, no. Successes, successes will analyze more than twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was, I was going to ask, how important uh, is it to, to how important is it to, um, to celebrate successes and especially celebrate even small successes? If you guys even do that,
1: yeah, hundred percent is very important. You know, because like I told you, when when you when you've been hit with the lows. Um, it's it's hard to shake off so you have to celebrate your success and success can be defined in in so many ways success doesn't have to be defined by winning a race there's so many ways you can define success and you know me and daniel have defined success um differently every year um Mm -hmm. purely purely based on just where he is as as a as a as an athlete in his career and also what team he's at you know so um, yeah, we we have small goals each week. We have small wins, and and yes, we do celebrate those wins. And it's and it's a pat in the back, and it's it's good vibes. And maybe we have a, a a drink of red wine just to just to just to cheers that one off, and then it's all happy vibes heading into the next race. That's great. I, I think
0: it's 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 it must you you need to celebrate those because otherwise, if you celebrate just the big wins, what happens? Like you you just it's one in one in X amount of moments and that's yeah. that's really not what life is about i think i feel like life is an experience and uh, it feels like i'm coaching you but this is not a coaching session just letting you know this is just uh, me playing <laughs> around a bit
1: <laughs> no I, I i told you we're um, always learning man so I, i'm sure i'm sure i'm going to learn from you just the way you're going to learn from me that's the, same, that's the uh, way it goes i uh, appreciate that um what is
0: first of all do you follow your own advice Or how difficult wow. is it to follow your own advice?
1: Yes, I do follow my own advice. Yeah, because the way I coach, I wouldn't, I would never, I would never prescribe or ask one of my clients to do something that I've never done, because mm-hmm. if I do, I can't relate. Um. So, so yeah, I, I, I do, uh, I do take on my own advice, and part of me being a coach, I like to be just as good as a coach as I am as a role model. So I try to be just as good as a role model um, to them. So for me to be a very good role model, I feel like I have to kind of have to listen to my advice and, uh, and I do, and I do that because as a coach, I I want to be a leader and I want to be a role model.
0: That's, that's, that's amazing, man. I, I, I do feel like it is difficult sometimes to, to follow your own advice.
1: Mate, spot, you're spot on. And, it it is difficult. I actually faced actually faced some difficulty in um, two thousand eighteen. So my first year in Formula One, I was that that year was such a big transition for me. Um, you know, my whole life changed. I'm all of a sudden, and I was in one place in Perth, and then all of a sudden, I'm taking fifty flights in a year, and I'm in a different country every two every two weeks. You know, so here I was giving Daniel advice, looking after him, and all my focus was and energy was onto him. And I actually forgot to look after myself and I got sick a lot that, that year um, just cause I wasn't looking after myself, um, running my down, you know, running my body down, um, you know, severely jet lagged, not doing the right things because I was, I was just so focused on Daniel and getting this job right. So that's kind of when um, I, when I did a bit of a self-reflection at the end of 2018, Kevin, that's when I was like, Oh wow, I'm actually not taking my own advice. Like I'm asking Daniel to do this to to battle jet lag, yet I'm not even doing it myself, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why I'm getting sick. So, so yeah, I actually had to I actually I had to go through the wars in order to actually, uh, I guess, answer that question.
0: Mm-hmm. What what is it? Do you remember specifically what you've done to get back to your self? And another question, which is, do you think that was the most important? That is the most important aspect of your job for yourself to follow your own advice first before and taking care of yourself first.
1: Yeah. The, the, the second part is definitely important because if I'm not focused, if I'm not a hundred percent, how can I coach Daniel to my full capacity? How can I be a good coach to him when I'm not at my full potential myself? So I realized that at the end of 2018, that no, 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 this is, this is more important than you think. And mm. the things I was lacking, the things I was lacking was just being consistent, you know, being consistent with my sleep, being consistent with my, with my jet lag protocols to make sure that I'm, I'm I'm hitting the same time zones, being consistent with my training and and my nutrition, you know, it's all these things that I was they were just slipping ever so slightly, but it's it's they they all they all link right, it's all a link. So, um, you know, like, do I regret it? No, because you know, I I feel like, I felt like I did have. an excuse and the excuse was it was my first year into formula one and i was putting a lot of focus into getting my job right where go heading into 2019 i had a year experience i knew what was coming i knew i knew what to expect and i could plan a lot better so Mm -hmm. so yeah i I guess that was just a learning experience and and gave me the realization that you need to look after yourself
0: that's that's a pretty good realization i mean just just like you said like little sleeps pile up Um, well experience does too so I guess that helped you in the long run and 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 the this is like one of the questions that I I was also looking forward to ask you which is how do you continue on developing your experience and your expertise well not experience your expertise and um, what is really like the main motivation to actually do so because a lot of people like to want something but then they lose it and we've talked about hustle um but now you are already a formula one coach um uh, you are Mm -hmm. a formula one coach you are already on the top you are daniel's coach what is it that allows you to keep up that motivation and how do you develop continue on developing your expertise
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just something that's hard. It's been hardwinding to me f- for a very long time where I, I just don't want to settle. Um, you know, cause I feel like, I feel like there's always something you can always improve no matter who you are. Um, whether you're an athlete or or a corporate or, or running your own business, there's always ways you can improve. Right. So yes, I, I could easily be complacent and just, just be Daniel's coach and just run with what I have. But, I know I can be a lot better. I'm not the most, you know, there's so many more experienced coaches out there that are, that are doing amazing things and, and that you can learn from. So I'm always looking for, you know, for, for more coaches, you know, to ask questions, you know, to curious on, on their coaching style. I'm always reading more books because I mean, there's so much content out there, even from the, even on the internet where you can just, you can get a bit lost in it all. So uh, um, and The reason why I do that is because I know every year that we, every, every, uh, formula one year that me and Daniel enter, I always make some real subtle changes here and there on, on how we go through our, our, how we do our coaching. And these subtle changes over time, they make a big difference. And so I look back at 2018 to how we're doing things now, it's completely different and it has helped him so much. So, you know, does my coaching have to evolve 100%, but you know, the athletes also going to evolve evolve as well. So, you know, you you have to stay on top of this stuff. You can't get complacent. And I think that's just a mentality that I've got, um, for me. And, um, when you say what's next for me, I mean, I'm, I I do, I'm, I am enjoying myself into form in formula one, you know, the main, the main, the main goal. So obviously I have small goals, but the main goal is to win a world championship with Daniel, um, at McLaren. So that's the main goal. So still, 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 uh, Still going for that one, and uh, and then yeah, building building my fitness my fitness platform that I that I've created my website, um, which has been which has been amazing. And and then you know you go back to your first point of that question is you know you ask me what's my motivation. My motivation is literally the first day I stepped into a gym, and the first time the first time I stepped into a gym, um, my first client, I took him through a session. And I think after a month, he came up to me and he said, Michael, thank you. You've literally just saved my marriage. Like you've given me the energy, the mindset. Um, I feel better. I look better. And my relationship with my wife has changed. And that would never change because knowing you can make such an impact and difference to someone's life is priceless. You, can, you can't put a price on that. And so when you say, what is your main motivator? It's that right there. It's it's changing people's lives, and it is something that I've I'll continue to strive to do. It's something that since I've opened up my platform, my fitness platform, a year ago, I continually get. Um, amazing feedback sent to me. And if my members are, are listening, please send as much feedback as you, li- as you like, positive or negative, of course, because you, know, you can always get better. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, love, I love reading their stories. I really do. Um, and that is my main motivator, 100% to why I became a coach and why I continually want to become a coach
0: that was ama- you gave me goosebumps so that was truly amazing to listen to and uh, i appreciate you sharing that story with with the audience You're with welcome. Me. thank you so much um no worries. i have one last one last question for you and it's the simplest of the whole podcast which is where can people <laughs> reach you how can they follow your journey and keep up with your wisdom because this was
1: truly amazing and uh yeah Thanks, Kevin. Um, They can keep up with me in three ways. So the first way is my website, www.michaelitaliano.com. That's where I've set up my global fitness platform where members can log on and do my training programs, um, my classes, and have access to my nutrition platform as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the main one. My other main um, platform is my Instagram, so at Michael Italiano, where you can follow my F1 journey. I post a lot about F1 um, free workouts and also some, some, some coaching advice as well. And if you really do want some, some deeper coaching insight, um, you can sign up to my mailing list on either my website or my Instagram. And, uh, I send out weekly mailers to my subscribers on all things coaching. So a lot to do with men, um, with, um, mentality and and mental strength, Kevin. So I talk a lot about belief, self-confidence, um, breaking through that comfort zone, um, you know, talking about fear and just trying to help people get a good, good mindset before embarking on any journey. It doesn't have to be a fitness journey. It might be their work journey or yeah, anything in life. So that's, that's the best way to, uh, to reach me.
0: And I will definitely subscribe to that one because that just sounds awesome. Exactly. Like exactly what we want here on, on this podcast. So <laughs> I thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, Michael, I've I've taken enough of your time, and I appreciate you have you coming here uh, at least virtually. And um, <laughs> thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom, sharing your experiences um, as a, as an, a Formula One coach, and uh, a genuine human human being. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man.
1: No, thanks, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for the kind words. It was uh, it was a pleasure to be on. And to be honest, you you ask some very very good questions that challenge my thinking process so I, I like those questions so thank you <laughs> thank you man thank you so much
0: for listening to this week's episode i can't wait for you guys to listen to the upcoming episode so if you haven't already please do hit that subscribe button and uh, yeah let's just keep on growing keep on evolving together and um yeah i wish you an amazing week I wish you an amazing day and I'll talk to you soon.